Taste it. Hey, what's on your plate? Is it good? Is it great? Come on, don't hesitate. Sit on down with the unbougie food. When you're cooking at home, wanna set the right tone? Just pick up the phone. Sit on down with the unbougie food. Good morning, good morning, St. Paul, Twin Cities. This is Wesley Wright, your unbougie foodie. I want to thank you so much for tuning in this morning. Uh, thankfully, we can say spring is here. <laughs> and and man, it's, it's a wonderful day out there. So I hope you all are going to get out there and just enjoy um, the day. Um, but first and foremost... You're taking the time to sit with me. And so I hope you're having that cup of coffee, Dunkin' Donuts, uh, Caribou, at home somewhere. Who knows? We won't mention the other place. But (laughs) (laughs) sorry. I'm being kind of (laughs) shitty with that. (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. And um, first and foremost, uh, I want to provide you with a telephone number to call in, um, giving you an opportunity first off uh, the bat. 651-200-3475. Again, that's 651-200-3475. Please make sure you join the conversation. If you have any comments, questions, and so forth, uh, feel free to give give me, give us a call because I'm about to introduce my my guest that's in booth with me right now. Um, She is, she's a friend to this, new friend to the show. I've met her and she... We connected over talking about food. And even though she was like, called me a chef. She's a home <laughs> chef. I don't care what she says. What she says. Nicole Sewin, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Of course. Um, I want, I, in every time I have a guest on, on air with me, I always try to find out about them, what they do and so forth. And, um... Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, and if you would? Well, um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a transplant from New York. Um, I was born and raised there. Um, I, I come from a, a, a multiracial background. I, I'm Dakota and Italian and some Russian Jew. Hey. <laughs> Throw it in the mix. But um, I grew up mainly in New York, uh, traveled a lot as a child, and uh, came out here when I was 18, and I stayed ever since. Nice. So, I'm, I'm just going to kind of jump right into it and everything. You know, when it comes down to, to food, what has been your background, or what have you enjoyed um, about it? I'm, that's a very open-ended question, but however you feel you would like to answer that, because... Um, Again, like I said, we connected in reference to food, and um, you expressed some things uh, about, you know, preparation, how people prepare certain dishes or cuisines, and so forth. But you know, I just want to hear probably um, your opinions on those, or um, what you feel personally. Well, um, I, I, I was mainly exposed to Italian food, okay. you know, growing up, you know, um, 
in Long Island with my dad's side of the family. My grandparents, they lived upstairs from us, so they were always around. And it was uh, largely my grandparents watching them cook. Uh, they both were very good at you know making Italian food. They both loved it. They both, uh, although didn't, never had a lot of money, they really um, sought out you know quality ingredients. Uh, neither one would settle for you know half-stepping it with the ingredients. They love fresh meat, fresh exactly. herbs, fresh. They try to go fresh all the time. So. And um, they put a lot of their, um, you know, heart into their, their meals, you know. It, it came out in the food and, and then being around the table and, you know, seeing those dishes come out, you know, one after the other, you know, it just, you know, it, you sat there smelling it all day long. Right. <laughs> does that bring back, does that, um, just thinking of that reminds you of, I know for myself, smells and being in the kitchen or watching my grand my my mother my grandmother you know my father cooking and everything like that what does that bring back for you oh it definitely brings back you know um really warm fond memories of you know growing up and being around them you know things that you know at one time especially as a teenager you're like trying to escape from but then when you become an adult and then you recall these memories about your family it's like you give anything to go back right exactly um do you get a chance to visit your family or um well both of my grandparents are now you know passed okay so, but um you know my father he's still living and you know i now have taken on that role and of course whenever he comes to visit you know he wants me to make sauce oh. <laughs> 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 that's cool that's very cool um what was what is your, the last thing that you prepared? I probably saw it on Facebook, but what? <laughs> maybe you could tell me. Um, <laughs> tell us. Well, last night I, I, I made myself a strip steak. Okay. Uh, and um, I made some roasted uh, yams with some Cajun seasoning and nice. olive oil. Nice. And then I made a side salad with some arugula, mushrooms, sun-dried tomatoes, and, you know, oil and vinegar. <laughs> now, I want audience listeners to tell me if that doesn't sound like a chef to you <laughs> <laughs> not just somebody that just cooks oh, I cook on the side you know do this you know every now and then no that sounds like somebody that really is you they know what they like they know their type of cuisine that they enjoy making um and that's you your chef your home chef you know thank you yeah. <laughs> but uh, when it comes to um I know we just we were talking about fresh things that are fresh. You know, how, are you finding it difficult here in the Twin Cities to find things that are fresh when you want to cook something, whether it be authentic or or otherwise? Yeah, it, it's it's gotten a lot easier. Okay. I mean, I think the Twin Cities have come a long way since I first moved out here. I okay. mean, when I first moved out here, I you know the one thing I always missed was, was the food back home and and I really didn't know how to cook very well really? at the time so okay. it was a long process to, to get to where I, I am now but 
I think there's a lot of great options in the Twin Cities and in and around the Twin Cities to get those fresh ingredients. And of course, this is my favorite time of year. Right. Farmer's, Farmer's Market. Market. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and even though it's still early in the Farmer's Market, I mean, I mean, you're not getting all of the like full fruits and vegetables and so forth that are available still just to start to be out there and, uh, you know, be someplace where well, I'm sorry, other people are walking around and you're getting the smells of the different herbs and so forth that are available. Some, I think root vegetables are probably re available right now, or maybe I could be wrong. I'm, I might have that incorrect, but just the start. I mean, they're, of course, they're the flowers yes. um, and then the herbs that are shooting up and everything. So just to be out there is just the coolest thing. I, I enjoy it a whole lot. Even if I don't buy anything, I mean, I do end up buying something. But... Um, you know just to walk around and just to see what's available and and just anticipate what's the next thing that's going to come out and there's going to be cheese and eggs and you know meats and so forth that are going to be out there um what is there a farmer's market that's nearby you or what's the closest one i i actually usually go to the one right downtown st paul, st. paul yes I, yeah and and i love going there and trying to um you know, find things that I'm, I'm not familiar with. Right. And, and always, you know, the, the people at the stalls are more than happy to tell you how you should cook it or, or you know, what it's good with. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, I just, you know, learning how to cook with different eggplants, Thai eggplants. I learned that last year. Right. Exactly. Really well. That's cool. And so, um, and I love eggplant, but, you know, I've always, you know, used the normal, you know, American Size. eggplants. You're right. But, um. I, some of them I didn't even realize were eggplants. Small. Because, like little tomatoes. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all multicolored, little darker colored on top or whatever yeah. and lighter. Almost like tomatillos with some kind of exactly. striping or something. It's so tender. Yes, exactly. Um, that's so cool that you're mentioning that too because I know that um, admittedly I, I do cook at home. Probably not as much as yourself. I probably should, which that's where the cookbooks come into play, which we're going to. But um, I do ask, I mean, I'll see something, a, a vegetable that's very interesting to me or that catches my attention. And I'm not one to you know, be embarrassed about asking, how do we, how do you cook this or what is it first off? Yes. Um, and then ask, well, what, how would you cook it? You know, I asked them. Um, you know, the vendor, whoever it is, and ask them how they would cook it. And I think for me, I look at people's expressions. Um, when I engage them in that manner, I think it's letting them know that I'm trying to get some knowledge from them and not thinking that I know it all. Um, especially when it's a, a new vegetable that I have no idea what it is. And at least it gives them, I think it, I want to say, honors them and because they're they for me they're the expert so i'm going to lead or lean to their uh, knowledge and say hey can you tell me what i should do or with this or what type of meat or should i what other type of vegetables should i mix with this or maybe what type of seasonings and some of them are well many of them are just so welcoming and willing to do that i really appreciate that so mm. yeah i've always found the same you know that they're very appreciative of, of you inquiring about you know their their foods, you know, what they're there, exactly. what they've worked really hard to um, grow and, and bring to the market. So um, I've never had, you know, any kind of, you know, someone feeling like I 
I think they, they do appreciate that, yeah. that honor and respect that you show for their hard work and, and their food. Exactly. When you when we talked about um, honor and respect um, to about food, uh, we started our conversation when we first met talking about that. And it was one that I, I felt that, again, like I said, you, we had this connection because you were saying things that were like, she's in my head. She's got to be in my head. I, she's read something from me about me or whatever. I don't know. Some people have told her something or whatever. And that was the first time we were meeting. So I was like, gosh, she's, she's Nicole is just saying everything that I've felt and said and, and whatnot. What, how, why do you feel so strongly about people showing honor and respect when it comes down to um, different foods and cuisines? Uh in part it's, it's your food is is your culture it's it's your it's not only just your culture it's even closer than that it's your family because you can go into you know an italian neighborhood and you'll find you know 20 different ways of making gravy mm -hmm. you know so i it's it's very personal to people to um show that respect for the work they put into it then it's it's really about the feeling too i think any good cook right. you know puts more than just you know ingredients together they're putting kind of their heart on the plate because you know how your mood affects how your food comes out it took me a while to figure that out right no no <laughs> i mean honestly i mean that was something that i know that when you said it i was like yeah she gets that she really gets it i mean because you know if, if you're upset or angry you know you might as well not even bother just Put everything away and order pizza. <laughs> <laughs> or burger or something. <laughs> I don't know. But yes, you're right. Exactly. Yeah. And then do get something pre-made pre or that you don't have to worry about it. But um, have you found when you've gone to others, this is so going to say put you on the spot and I don't mean it in that way, but um can you tell when someone or maybe a chef at a restaurant or whatever, maybe this probably was not their day or something like that? I, I've, I've had those moments where, okay. you know, you've, you've gone to places that you've been maybe many times before and, and there's something that you've just, you know, loved, mm -hmm. put in your mouth and you're just, and then you, you get it and it's just not there. And right. so, you know, you feel like, well, maybe they had an off day or exactly. something because it just, it just missed the mark, you know. It's is it? Um, it doesn't deter you though from going back, though, right? No, okay, no. Good. I mean, we all have our our, our bad days, so exactly. And, and you you have to imagine. For me, as a home chef, yeah. <laughs> as a home <laughs> chef, I can decide not to make my you know my meal if, exactly. if I'm not into it. But you know, if you're running a business, you really have no choice. You have to you know put the food on the plate. Definitely, you know, it's not just you know. It's also your your it's your livelihood. Yeah, it's your livelihood, right? And and your reputation, you know, all rolled into one. Actually, um, are there or is there a specific type of cuisine other than your own, other than your your background, your Italian background, um, that you find that you are really drawn to, that you enjoy, and that you're like, okay, aside from Italian there's another cuisine that I just have to have. 
How, how long? How much time do we? <laughs> we got a lot of time. I, I love to eat. Yeah. I think any, any good cook, good. good chef loves to eat. So I, I really, I'm not a picky eater. Okay. I love all kinds of cuisine. Yeah. You know, Thai food, Chinese food, soul food. Um, you know, your standard American burgers. Yeah. I mean, if you can put a perfect burger on a plate, you know, I'm there. <laughs> exactly. You know, so um, I love seafood. You know? Yeah. Um, Greek. There's some, you know, I, that's one thing that's been hit or miss for me here, but I miss really good Greek food. There's a place in Queens that I love. There's a lot, actually a lot of good places in Queens that serve really good Greek food. So. Okay. Well, that's good. That's Storia. <laughs> She's oh, sorry. That was that was me. <laughs> anyway, wherever that is, um, hopefully it doesn't ring. Uh, <laughs> um, so I want to say that because you love so m- much good food, I mean, um, is there one that you have uh, that you've tried to prepare at home or not tried to prepare because i i believe that you'd be successful um <laughs> that you prepare at home that is outside that of italian um well i've i've tried to you know do some you know my version of you know asian style cooking you mm-hmm. know i like with the thai eggplants you know and using the chilies and and making like a stir fry with it you know those are things that i like to do um trying to just to be more mindful you know you know you know with the ecology and everything else and the environment um you know trying to eat less meat and Mm -hmm. lean more toward other sources of protein and more vegetables um so expanding that horizon you know and, and that's why you know the farmer's market is such a great place to start right you know because it is the farmer's market, um, do you trust the um, the farmers like for poultry and and eggs? I mean, that's that's probably a wrong way to put that. But do you understand what I'm saying? Or? I, I get what you're saying okay. because um, you because know their their meat right is is a lot more expensive. I feel. Um, there's been a couple, I, one that I really liked ended up, um, I think his wife got a really good job and he ended up selling the farm. So he's no longer there, but, um, uh, it's the quality of the meat. You can definitely taste it. I think, you know, like, like a cook, you know, being happy when you cook and put a meal on the table is going to definitely affect the flavor. I think, you know, how an animal was, was raised and, you know, and, kept during you know before they're you know slaughtered for meat you know i think that definitely affects the flavor of the meat as well and you can tell the difference you know between you know the quality of the meat that you purchase at some of the farmers i can't speak for all of them no understood um, to what you'll find in the grocery store true um when you are preparing a meal um are there like main spices or something that you would uh, that you love to use <laughs> garlic <laughs> <laughs> i swear to god i think you know italians will put garlic on our cornflakes <laughs> <laughs> but yeah garlic is probably like you know almost 
a lot of things I make, you know, usually start with garlic and mm. olive oil. <laughs> nope, that's not that's not a bad thing. It really isn't. <laughs> um, have you taken any type of cooking classes, uh, like in the Twin Cities? And when I say cooking classes, I mean, um, as an example, um, the Good Acre. Um, they are a nonprofit organization that is uh, in Falcon Heights area, and they are. They offer just a number of different cooking classes for a variety of different cuisines. Um, and I ask that, you know, just if you were ever interested or have done that in the past. Well, that that definitely is something that I've, I've, I've wanted to do is take actual formal cooking classes. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think all of my training has been informal. It's been, you know, watching, you know, other people cook or, or talking to my grandmother on the phone because I didn't have the benefit of learning like under her no directly I had to call her and ask her how to do these things so I, I actually learning something because I wasn't aware of, of that organization and, yeah. and I would love to take cooking class I, one of the things I want to learn to make is how to make my own pasta oh, okay so explore that and then of course we'll other cuisines yeah. <laughs> we'll have to talk we'll have to talk more you know this is not going to be our last uh, venture together. No, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, because, like I said, um, uh, you know, I mentioned that too because I recently, I don't know if you like curry. I mean, I know you said you love yes. Thai food. Um, the, the Love green curry. Uh, exactly. Well, that's <laughs> exactly what I'm going to getting to is that um, Chef Yia Vang, um, he's like a a frequent person that uh, offers cooking classes there or uh, hosts a cooking classes there and gosh doing I had an opportunity to, to uh, attend one of the cooking classes specifically it's green curry um, oh. cooking class so it was like spectacular for oh, me wow. and I was like I I, I like getting in getting in there and getting what as I say your hands dirty whatever the case is chopping cutting stirring whatever the case is as long as I'm, I'm involved so it's not one just you know the chef is cooking you know by himself mm. and you know preparing and people are taking notes no it's like you break off into different groups maybe like three people four people or depending upon the number of people that are there and you are actually there preparing it so if that's something that you're interested in, I Definitely. will. Definitely. Okay, because yes. I will. I got to find people that are, <laughs> I'm akin to that I'd be like, hey, there's a cooking class. You want to go? Yes, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm there. Because, <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a lot of friends that, you know, they love, they do love to cook and they can cook or whatever, but they are on either the Minneapolis side. We got to bring them over here to the St. Paul side. St. Paul got it going on. I don't oh, know what y'all talking. <laughs> well, yeah. Mm, yeah. Minneapolis folks. Okay. I got you. Fine. You got some restaurants and stuff over there going on. Whatever. St. Paul, though. They're all migrating over here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm leaving it at that. <laughs> I'm leaving it at that. Uh, I, I'm, we're not forgetting about you folks. So please feel free. Uh, again, let me give you that telephone number. If you would like to actually share in the conversation, maybe you have a, a comment or two that you would like to, to mention or have a suggestion. That telephone number to reach us here is 651-200-3479. Uh, six five one two zero zero three four seven nine. Um, 
getting back to you know that that cooking class situation i i have would love to have someone to come along and leave even if it's just like a two-person team or whatever and we could do that yeah we're, that's we're gonna fine because i i really have looked for people to like someone i could sound off with throw ideas around right. with and exactly. i don't have that well except you, i guess i do now you do now <laughs> you got a platform <laughs> Lady friend, you got a platform. So if ever you want to talk about some type of food or whatever like that, I encourage all my friends, anyone, actually, if you are interested in talking about food, definitely yourself included. Um, but you please call, call me. Yeah, I know. Call in. You Let me also give you some social media information, too. I should have given that to you at the outset as well um, because I was just excited. I wanted to start our conversation. Anyway. Uh, you can definitely find me on Facebook at the Unbougie Foodie. My Instagram is the underscore Unbougie Foodie. Uh, there's always email, which is the Unbougie Foodie at gmail.com. And then, of course, my website, if you have the opportunity, definitely visit it because I have, well, some recipes, uh, articles, of course, that I've written for Inside News, um, as well as past shows. So that is the www.theunbougiefoodie.com. Uh, get caught up, listen. You know, I'm gonna always talk about food and everything, and have somebody on the show with me, like Nicole, that talks about food. What? <laughs> yeah, like I said, you got a platform now. So don't think if you ever want to have like a recipe or something like that that you want to share. Or, you know, like, hey, can we talk about something? Just something that's been on my mind. You know, that's, that would be good. You know, this is, this is, this is for the community. So it's not just <laughs> Wesley has a show or whatever, or the Mbuji Foodie has a show. No, it is really for the community. Um, and I told you when we have our conversation that, you know, this show, it is about food, but it really is about sharing, um, you know about new places uh, that are in the neighborhood but also talking about food equality food justice um issues that actually involve the community too you know food deserts uh in specific areas and i'm always looking for some type of way to you know talk about or find out if there's a solution that maybe the community can be aware of um and so i encourage anyone you know listeners yourself too nicole lady chef over here uh, I'm not trying to embarrass you though don't get blushing no. anyway um, but that's what this show is about uh, so again you have the opportunity to have a conversation with us if you have any questions especially for Nicole she's a home chef <laughs> um, let's get into our our book or not our book but the cookbook Yes, and I am really glad. You know, we we both have our our cookbooks right in hand and everything like that. And Nicole, she's like, where, where? she? I mean, I went through it, you know. I, but uh, and but yeah, you know, I'm gonna say I, I left my some of my questions at home. But uh, going through the first part of it and everything, I love. Let me just say that when I first came to Minnesota and I started meeting other individuals that were cooks or enjoying cooks enjoying cooking um they were introducing me to new cookbooks and i'm when before when i picked up cookbooks it was always just there was a brief introduction and then the rest of the book was just recipes 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 mm -hmm. 
but now cookbooks are telling like a story they're telling a story about maybe um a time in the person's life um how they were feeling uh or you know the time that they spend with their family uh, being reminiscent of certain things and i so enjoy that about cookbooks now i mean yes you can still find you know um, the how you want to call them the the standard cookbook that just has recipes just mm-hmm. in it but when you when you pick up one where it's like you, you you're learning about somebody's culture you're learning about someone's life um it's it's exciting it really i mean it really is and i I know that seems like okay he's going going on and on about that but it's like that's what i'm when i this was like one of the first personal cookbooks that i've picked up um i've picked up others since then but it was like it's he's speaking it's like he's speaking directly to you and saying basically come and sit down i wouldn't i'd like to tell you about my life and how I was raised and the type of cuisine that we we prepared and it yeah I, I was just I was just blown away by I, you know all the different I guess indigenous ingredients yes that are are used um, ones that I have I was like that's just a weed to me you know <laughs> I mean I'm sorry I, I, that's yeah. not it's just uh, I'm being very honest when I say that, you know, I, of course, I've I've heard of using dandelion for something or whatnot. But, you know, this you know, cookbook really goes into goes in deep. and I love it. I, I, I agree. I, I the most amazing part of the, the cookbook thus far for me is the introduction exactly. and, and hearing about his journey from childhood to becoming a chef. Right. I had no idea myself, you know, about a lot of these ingredients. And, and I would argue that a lot of, um, you know, indigenous people, you know, especially if you grew up outside of like, say maybe your reservation or your community, you weren't exposed to those things. And so it's, it's new to me. It's all new to me. I mean, we used to travel back regularly from New York to South Dakota during the summer mm-hmm. um, when I was a child, and I would visit my my mother's side of the family, my cousins, and my grandmother. And she was a very different personality from the grandmother on my dad's side. She was, you know, not as uh, demonstrative, you know, with her affection, but um, you know, and also the food that she put forth was was very different from what I was used to, because reservations you're working with a lot of commodities okay. you know, a, a lot of canned stuff and and these are you know often you know people are living you know in poverty or close to it and um so but she always made really good fry bread you know and and that is something i always remember is t- tasting her fry bread and, mm-hmm. and that was sitting at and having watching the butter just melt all <laughs> over it. It, was, it was those are you know memories and you know learning to appreciate you know that struggle too that that you know i loved when he talks about you know the not fried bread section right exactly you know it's like fried bread you know for a lot of like you know you know of us it's it's like the indian food it's, exactly. it's and then you hear you know actually how maybe it's not the healthiest thing 
But it is a, a symbol of, of the resilience, too, of like, you learn how to make what's good with what you have. Exactly, you know? exactly. And to your point about that, you know, I, I looked into, I looked at that section, too. Um, there was a reason why I, I looked at that, because I think um, someone had made a comment or or something about fried bread, because um, you had suggested, that, I mean, you had mentioned that you were going to be on the show, and someone said, talked about fried bread. Yes. And I was like, okay. And then I saw it in in uh, the cookbook, and he mentioned specifically that even though it is like a staple item for um, Native American folks or indigenous cooking, um, it it's also um, very un- it can be very unhealthy. Um, it leads a, a major factor um, that uh, of obesity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like he was saying that it was about 700 calories, calories. or something like that. And like 25 of, uh, I forgot what the other number was. Grams uh, of fat or yes, something like exactly. that. Yes, exactly. Really I was like, numbers. oh my, okay. Mm. And if someone is eating that either on a daily basis or just reg- however many, you know, yes, of course it can be. But aside from that, um, what other points did you find you know great in the book i mean because i know for me it was once again looking at uh, a number of the different ingredients um that he was using uh i forgot there was a recipe it was called kneel down um kneel down bread kneel down bread exactly and it was and the reason and it was not making light of it but it was just the fact that they you know the mothers, grandmothers, whomever were actually preparing it, were actually kneeling down mm-hmm. to actually uh, grind the, the, was it the, um, the it was a corn? Yeah, it's, okay. it's, yeah. So that that definitely speaks to me, that that part, the, mm-hmm. the kneel down bread, you know, the, the, the old way of preparing things, you know, things, um, and the fact that he he's really trying to simplify, you know, the tools, you know, now, all the gadgets people try to get in their kitchen in order to have a quote-unquote chef's kitchen right and really you know to every you can really simplify things and use simple tools like a mortar and a pestle and what i'd like to get is one of those stone the flat bread, ones yeah, the flat yes ones, exactly um, and and try working with those those look really interesting and you know going back to the simpler tools you know and you know a cast iron skillet you know it's actually incorporates iron from what i understand into your ingredients exactly. that you cook on it mm-hmm. which is more nutrients so um but talking about the migration like the three sisters which mm. is beans corn and squash exactly that's something that you know i heard of you know my my um was my ex-stepfather but he was um my youngest brother's father is from uh, mohawk country up in canada um so it's um the three sisters i mean that's something i heard about you know when i was a teenager up in mohawk country and the three sisters originated in in the middle of mexico i mean that's where they came from that whole migration right. across you know we have this shared culture you know between all these different you know nations that you know existed you know before columbus and um and you know they always said you'll never go hungry and you'll never starve if you have the three sisters in your garden interesting have you ever do you have a garden yourself that's my next goal is to learn how to grow my own food i mean i've struggled it's something i've struggled with i've 
the one thing I always felt like I should know how to grow are tomatoes. Okay. Just because of the Italian side of me. <laughs> and an uncle who had just like rows and rows of tomato oh, plants. And, and I can't successfully grow what? <laughs> so that's something that's going to be a challenge. It will come. It will come. It, re- it really will come. Um, more about the cookbook, though. Uh, I was noticing a number of different... Um, recipes you know some one or two uh, n- not one or two a number of them that caught my attention um one was on page uh, 21 devil duck eggs um and i just already like i have a friend that she um her family owns a farm or whatever and every now and then uh, i'll purchase uh eggs whether it be quail chicken or duck every now and then and there's just something about a duck egg. I mean, really, I've never tried. I, you've never. Oh my, it's it's. <laughs> and I so, love duck. It's so rich and and everything. I mean, just the egg itself. And it, I know pictures can you know be enhanced a little bit and, and whatnot, but literally that yolk, it's like that's like the natural color of it. I, when you crack it open, you're like, oh gosh, that golden amber looking color is just so oh. beautifully yeah i'm sorry i'm <laughs> going way on the deep end there but um it the, i've noticed that a number of the ing- uh, um, recipes don't use a whole lot of ingredients no I, I i love that too and i i think it's like you said it speaks to what you have or what was available for probably native americans or doing indigenous cooking um, and so the the plants, you know, they a- added their own flavoring when you um, cooked, you know, a particular meat or something like that with it, rather than having to add a whole lot of other spices and, you know, salt, pepper and so forth like that. Um, going through throughout the cookbook, I was noticing that um, there were certain um, uh, certain plants uh, or herbs that certain ones would be add be a, a, have a peppery taste so you wouldn't have to add any type of pepper because basically that flavor was already being infused based on that plant that you've added into the pot with that which i just thought was really really exciting um who knows we may not be able to have spices and stuff like that we have to <laughs> work off the land you never know exactly exactly uh gosh um it how to use this cookbook was interesting it was like speaking to what you were talking about that it it doesn't take a lot i mean what you mentioned the cast iron skillet having a griddle you know a chef's knife so it's there he mentions that there are no tricky techniques or intricate methods uh, or even special tools these are sometimes even things that you could probably that you already have in your kitchen um I the and correct me if I'm not pronouncing this correctly, but the the kamal, uh, the clay kamal or cooking stone. Have you used that before? No, that's that? one of the things I'd like to okay. um, try to incorporate into um, my kitchen as well. Um, that cooking stone. I, I saw a recent episode on a on the. Uh, I think it was a Andrew Zimmern show, and he was down in Mexico, and um, one of the indigenous. Um, um, spending time down there and she was using uh i believe a clay cooking or a stone rather a cooking stone that she was 
grinding chilies on, and it had been in her family and passed down for 500 years. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so it was like pre-colonial. <laughs> that, that's not going anywhere. No. <laughs> not going anywhere. Um, so that's something, you know, that could become, you know, an heirloom. It, you know, a, you know a, one family chef passing it down to the next generation. Exactly. Have you... I know you, you have you done in the past any type of indigenous cooking or or uh no i have not no, that's I, something I, I i that's why i i'm so glad you know that he put this out this this cookbook you know i i've, I've been to a couple of his pop-up dinners right? a few years a couple yeah. years ago i feel i'm jealous on that part because i'm like i ain't never got to go yeah. i mean I, I would love to i love i think you and I are are similar in that effect that um, we we enjoy a wide variety of different cuisines, and this is just one that has escaped me. Um, I've never really had the opportunity to, I guess, go, really get uh, delve into it and and really enjoy it and everything. So you've had an opportunity to at least. <laughs> go to a pop-up i have not <laughs> you know well, it, it was amazing it was uh, it was very it was very um eye-opening and and i felt a lot of pride you know well, just you, you know you, for, you know the 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 beauty of the food the delicacy of the flavors it was very subtle you know di very different from what i'm, I'm used to right um and uh, it just blew me away you know the, what he's done and 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 it's and going back to like his his journey and you realize he's never really been formally trained is is probably one of the most amazing you know parts of the story for me because that gives me a lot of you know hope for myself and you know what I would like to do with exactly. my future you know that I don't need to be formally trained to be a chef <laughs> you know exactly um we were talking about you know the native herbs and and things like that and some of the some of them just to mention um i, I believe it was on page 181 where it talks about uh, like sage uh, you know sage cedar um the cedar one what i thought was really interesting um great for braising meats and simmering into grains and stews um I, of course i've known about mint and i think everybody knows about sage uh, use, using it in sage uh, but the cedar I thought was interesting because I had I think it was lamb or something not too long ago and there was a different type of flavor it, it was not one that I could recognize and it was they were they mentioned that it I think it was either cedar or something else, but they said it was kind of a, a native type of, of seasoning that they were using. They wouldn't tell me. <laughs> like, darn it. Well, you know, he, I've had, he was at um, the water festival a couple years ago, and mm -hmm. he was serving out of his Tatanka truck. Oh, um, yes. He's got the Tatanka truck, but he also was serving these two iced teas, and the one he had was the cedar okay. iced tea, or cedar tea. And it's delicious. It really is. I've, I've, you know, they, cedar's used for a lot of things outside of cooking. It's used ceremonially okay. in, in different ceremonies. So it's got a wonderful smell when it's when it's burning. You know, it's it's it, it, it's I, very it's, fragrant. Yes, and everything. very fragrant. 
Um, so the tea is delicious. Um, and I'm glad he's got that recipe in here because I'd love to make some. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I know you've gone through it or whatever, and I'm not putting you on the spot, but is that because I, as you can see, I have one marked myself. I was like, you know, it's bison. But is there one or maybe a few that you notice that you're like, okay, I want to do this one, I want to do that one? Well, the Three Sisters Summertime Salad definitely just really do that speaks one. to me. And, okay. and now that, you know, I'm just itching to get to the farmer's market, right? You know, so um, that Wojapi is something I love. Um, and I'd like to make it with some meat. It's wojapi is something, it's made out of, uh, it's usually, um, it can be like any kind of berries. I've, I've used blueberries. I've made it myself. Okay. Probably in a less traditional manner. So I definitely want to do it, you know, you know, more in line with, you know, probably how it was meant to be prepared. Uh, used to dip fry bread in it. Okay. But, you know, I'd like to make it with, like, meat, you know, some kind of meat and explore, you know. I, I love that that combination of a good, savory roasted meat with, right. with that Something, tartness yes, sweet, of, a, of yeah. a berry or a fruit. So exactly. Um, I was going to ask, uh, you know, because... I do. Not, I'm going to say I don't know how to pronounce some of the wording and everything. <laughs> that was one. So it was interesting that you brought that one up because um, I, when the J for me, I was going to pronounce it Wahapi. Yeah. You know, and and I'm like, okay, well, you pronounced it <laughs> the appropriate way. Okay. So gay. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> she said it. Not. She helped correct me ahead of time. <laughs> so yeah. Oh my goodness, man. This has been really fun. I mean, I I know we could go on and on about this um this uh this cookbook. It's a uh, I personally have not gone through the whole entire thing. There are a number of cookbooks that I have not gone through and honestly I I need to read my cookbooks. <laughs> but it's hard, you know, it's like sometimes you for admittedly for myself, you start one and then all of a sudden um maybe I have a wandering mind and then i'm like oh wait a minute I, this this one over here talks this cookbook talks about this one so i'll jump over there to that recipe and i'm like oh crap i didn't finish that i'm, I'm right there with you i'm like <laughs> i promise that i'll finish it um uh, but i'm so so excited um i have a number do you we're talking about cookbooks do you have a number of cookbooks that um you... i i generally like to go on the internet and okay. I, I don't have like i well, actually, I correct my my oldest daughter got me a barbecue okay. uh, cookbook, just a, how to barbecue all different kinds of meat. Um, so I, 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 I have that. explored that. I don't know how to barbecue, not really. <laughs> ribs, I love making ribs. <laughs> Um, but uh, I have like and a I file. should know how to barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, <laughs> y'all didn't see that. <laughs> she did. <laughs> Go um, ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> more like a file folder of different recipes I found online oh, and cool. things where I see it, it. Just I'm like you. It's like my mind flits to different things, and it just goes by you know what sounds good and like, what you're feeling yeah. for at the time. Yeah, that's my that's what my refrigerator kind of looks like. You know my printer is probably like okay can you stop printing recipes and my refrigerator is probably thinking no i can't see you you know because it's got recipes all over it anyway it, it's it's crazy it, it's a lot of fun um i am i'm really thankful that we had this opportunity i mean the show's not over yet but 
I just want to say thank you so much for joining me here and just get getting your viewpoint and sharing your ideas and thoughts and, and everything. So I really appreciate that. Um, what uh, what do you when, when you go to the farmer's market, what's like the first thing that you think that uh, that you're going to be picking up? I mean, like the farmer's market is not truly started yet. I think it's next week. Yeah. It's the spring one. Uh, but I'm saying, like, uh, it's a crazy question, I know, but it's like going to the grocery store. I'm going to pick up milk, eggs, and so on. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know that it'll be ready yet, and but I'm hoping they bring it back this year. It wasn't there last year, but it's the uh, watermelon radishes. Oh, okay. Those are so beautiful and their flavors i love radishes in general but the watermelon ones are just gorgeous wait 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 are those the small little they look like okay. almost like little watermelons and okay. you slice them open and they almost they have that flesh colored of, of like a watermelon and it's like infused with like white veins and okay. such but it's beautiful beautiful vegetable oh my goodness great Be for instagram girl, mm, i can only imagine <laughs> I'm going to have to look into that because it's funny. I could swear that last season um, when we were some friends and I were walking around and there were they were grape size. I, I don't know if they're the same things. Maybe. I don't know. But, I think they can vary somewhat. Now. OK, because they came in, you know, the little small baskets, whatever. But they were grape size. And, you know, I guess the uh, vendor was like, yeah, um, have have one or something uh, as a test uh, as a tester <laughs> just to taste it um, and it was I, I can't describe it it just had this wonderful flavor but it on the outside it looked like a little little miniature watermelon and I was like okay I've never had this before I don't even know how to use it I'm probably gonna learn but not right now I, I, I just tasted it and I'm like gosh that tasted really good it was fresh it was bright um, but I could see it probably in a salad or something. Yes. Oh my gosh. Stone cherries are another thing that I like it's to even like either mix with or just replace tomatoes in a salad. Really? The little stone cherries. So wait a minute. Um, I'm going to have to check on the, uh, St. Paul, uh, farmer's market to, website. Do you usually go to the St. Paul or Minneapolis? I go to St. Paul. Okay. I've never been to the Minneapolis. You haven't? No, but oh. I heard it's huge. So one of these days we'll have to. I'm, if you're game, yes, I'm game. Grab a Dunkin' Donuts and uh, run over. Hey. <laughs> I will say I have been to Minneapolis, you know, but I go specifically to, you know, St. Paul, like just almost all the week, weekly basis. Um, Minneapolis is like you are how would I say it oh, I don't it's a farmer's market but it has arts and crafts and oh, okay. flowers and artisan type of uh, things I, which it, it was it was fun it's crowded <laughs> it's crowded uh, uh. Um, <laughs> but you know it, it's like I guess if you get there early enough um, yeah. You really can appreciate uh, it. Yeah, a whole lot more. But, but, you know, down the vegetable aisles or vegetation and fruits and vegetables and everything like that. Yeah, be prepared. You don't have to, excuse me, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me, move. <laughs> I'm trying to get my tomatoes, you know, because it's, it's that tight. But, you know, the other um, areas, I mean, people are selling clothing, um, 
handmade uh, items, jewelry, just I, there's just something about being out with people to a certain extent um, that are doing shopping for things that are handmade or naturally grown and everything. And it's fun to do, at least yes. for me. So I, I don't know about everybody else. And yeah, I, 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 if I take the time to go to the farmer's market, I want to enjoy the whole experience. I, I think that's what I like about St. Paul is like, it's, it's much smaller scale. Uh, it is crowded, but yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's probably on that level at all. And, um, you know, you have time to just peruse around, look. Take your time. Taste. Two or three times around <laughs> or more, if not if yeah. anything. And, and you know, it's just the time to enjoy and everything. You know, that that's the best part about it. Um, tell us what your plans are for the future. Well, <laughs> my, my ultimate goal is to have my own restaurant. Yeah. And um, I'm exploring ideas of how how that's going to look for me, what kind of business model from that perspective would work for me because I, I've, you know, spent my whole entire, you know, adult career working in an office. For someone else. Yes, for someone else too. And, but, you know, I've worked in some version of a gray or beige cubicle <laughs> for the last 20 plus years. Agreed. <laughs> and and there's something about, you know, being in a restaurant, especially if it's like a family style where you have a lot of people that, you know, come in and they know you or um, it's um, a neighborhood place where everybody comes and, you know, there's that atmosphere of, of, of warmth and, and Welcomeness, seeing people exactly. and talking to people, face getting to know people. And, and food, I think... It's one of the great equalizers. It brings people together, and you really can't stay mad. You no. know, if you're if there's a really good plate of food in front of you, you know nobody's. You have to be a real, mm. you know what? To, yeah, exactly. To keep staying a bed. <laughs> true, very true. So I, I just, you know, that's something I'm. I'm my goal is it's it's probably going to be Italian. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's what I know best, and um, but you know, this with like the sous chef and his and this awakening to indigenous cuisine indigenous peoples starting to own their foods own their flavors you know and i'd love to at some point you know incorporate those two things together in some way you know the the different flowers that's the other thing right. i'd love to explore the possibility of making pastas out of these types that, of flowers that would be amazing you know and and doing something with that so that's that's wonderful and just know that you have the backing of individuals <laughs> and support and encouragement well, I thank you because yeah <laughs> i mean i know you know we we talk we've talked about uh, very briefly about um there are not enough women that are actually doing chef or culinary wonderfulness let me say you know i mean there are some but you know compared to you know the percentage uh, of women to that of men that are in the culinary industry and world is very small very very small um even within our own cities i mean a number you see the you know restaurants opening and who are who's the executive chef yes. and even who is the the sous chef you know it's they're still men there's not that many women that are taking that leading role. So 
I'm for one encouraging you. Yeah, everything in its due time. You know, I'm just saying, you know, don't be not to be discouraged or, be, you know, stay positive with that. And know that, you know, people are looking and for interesting individuals such as yourselves to come and bring us some new food. You know, <laughs> I'm telling you, really. Yeah. Um, before we go, I want to talk on a really touch on a really interesting subject. Um, and I probably ask other friends this too, um, or guests, Italians, do you, would, do you have, would you consider any part of your cuisine as soul food or, or do you see, do you understand what I'm saying? Because, okay, when people, when people say soul food, they're automatically thinking African-American or whatever, but I think every culture has their own soul food or what they consider something that is very, uh, um, a cuisine or a meal together where like you mentioned it brings people together even if you're in the feeling you're fighting amongst your family members it's like okay everybody sunday we're all getting together we're having dinner or whatever yes. does do you have something like that or you feel that way in with italian yes i okay. definitely feel that way i mean that just speaks to you know what we were talking about when we first met you know you're putting your heart on that plate and i think that's you know the basis of soul food is, is you're you're putting your heart and soul into this dish you, you took whatever ingredients you had and you made something delicious out of it and 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 part of the joy of being a good cook or a good chef whatever you want however you want to call yourself is is looking at the people enjoying the food that you prepare right. i mean that's like probably the lion's share of, of of the rewards you get out of it, you know, outside of the flavors. So, I think um, I, I think you're you're exactly right. You hit the nail on the head. I think we all have our soul food. Thank you. I I, I appreciate that. I, I mean, I wasn't looking for like uh, an uh, an excuse or or something in that manner, but I was just like, I know that that really has to be the case. Um, that everybody really does. Um, I, maybe that could be a topic of another conversation or something <laughs> like that. Or maybe if uh, listeners feel a certain type of way about it, I would love to hear your viewpoints on that as well. Um, please let me know. Uh, I know that we're coming to the end of the show, but still, you know, you could always get in contact with me. But, you know, as you could hear, our music has kind of died down in the background. But that just simply means that. I'm introducing another opportunity for you to join me next week. <laughs> um, so we're coming, we are coming to the you know top of the hour and the end of the show. Nicole, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my this gosh. Has it been was a real joy. It was so much fun. Um, I want to thank you all so much for tuning in. Please uh, make sure that, uh, you know, feel free to follow me on Facebook. Um, you know, find out what I'm doing. Oh, there are, I'm always having some type of food, something going on. <laughs> but uh, I will say that uh, if anything, um, you know, before I go, as always, I just want to say thank you. And always, as I end every show, I always encourage you never to let anyone tell you what type of foodie to be, because really, it is all about the food. Until next time, next week, we'll be talking about barbecue sauce. So please join us. Have a good one, folks. Take care. Sit down with the Unbougie Foodie.